welcome to the Vital Health Podcast. I'm Jodie Duval and I'm a functional naturopath in Perth, WA. This is a place where you can expand your knowledge on how to optimise your health and realise your full potential. We'll have cutting-edge information with expert guests and having lots of fun along the way. Get ready to be empowered and motivated to reach your higher vitality and find your ultimate potential. Let's go! today chatting with Joshua J. Holland. This is a not to be missed episode with lots of gold that you're going to want to listen to over and over again. So Joshua J. Holland is a wealth of knowledge and wisdom as a dedicated biohacker, state-of-the-art fitness trainer, holistic health coach and sports professional. He champions the philosophy of awareness through experience and has subsequently spent years consulting with elite professionals with the goal of building a vast well in which to draw from when evoking alignment of body, mind and spirit for his clients. His vast knowledge base has created a very sought after following in the world of health and fitness, wellness and lifestyle. He works with some of the world's most renowned musical and theatrical artists to fine tune their physical and spiritual bodies. He endeavours to give his utmost through his vast exploration into a plethora of healing modalities for the purpose of restoring people to prime physical and spiritual wellness. As a co-founder of several fitness and health entities, as well as a global ambassador for a number of, number of companies, Josh currently leads an elite team of trainers and health coaches at his gym, System Fit, in New York. He happily serves the Greater New York area and by request for interstate and international consultations and appointments. So we discussed Joss's amazing upbringing and past and current endeavours, how he became a trainer to the stars, the biggest myths about his fitness and, move, uh, fitness and movement and the huge amount of unlearning we need to be doing, his five pillars to wellness. We also talk about his gym and the amazing technologies and techniques he uses and a sneak peek into some of the frameworks he uses like cryo, BFR, HIT, recovery and grounding. We talk about what the most challenging part of what Josh does and what it's like training these high, high profile clients and what they have taught him the most. We also talk about what Josh's favorite health hacks are, plus lots, lots more. We hope you enjoy. All right. Hey, Josh. Welcome on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> ah, pleasure. Um, so today we're going to talk about, oh my gosh, we've got so many things actually I want to talk about today. So um, we can just dive in. And I, what I wanted to get you is um, get your, uh, your story behind your, um, the way that you got into uh, fitness and training and sport. And I hear you have a bit of a, well, you have a big martial arts background and basketball as well. So Maybe if we start right at the start, give me a bit of a brief overview of, of your story leading up to now. Sure. Yeah. So um, again, thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time to, to chat with me. Uh, I know it's the morning there for you and it's, it's approaching the evening for me. Um, I, I got my, I guess my foundation in all of the things that I do from martial arts. Um, I sort of grew up in martial arts and I say grew up in martial arts because my my parents they as a family business of kind of the the side gig was uh running a martial arts studio in my small hometown and so at the age of four i was four my brother was five that's when we started in this journey of kind of understanding and learning all there is to know um or at least all that we could consume 
at that age in the Eastern philosophies, um, which is very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you kind of fast forward. Well, because when you start off in martial arts, you're learning a lot about the internal workings of the body, but from a very esoteric point of view. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're learning about chi energy and you're learning about, you know, uh, meditation and you're learning about different forms of, of discipline, in fact. Um, and, you know, it's like almost like you're instead of sitting in time out, you're having to sit cross legged or you have to sit in the splits or you have to, you know, um, rest on your knuckles. Right. So these are just different ways of, of, of discipline. But ultimately, that led into my becoming a black belt at the age of 12. And in my dad's karate system, you, you had to also learn anatomy and first aid. And, and that was because he was uh, an EMT and the chief of police in our hometown. Wow. So he kind of, he wanted his sons to kind of go through some of the training that he went through and mm -hmm. refine it into this beautiful system called American karate system. Wow. And that's what enabled me to kind of understand and start to be very curious about how the body works. And, you know, in order to become a black belt, I had to learn all the bones of the body. I had to learn all the muscles of the body, test on it. And then I also had to teach it back to anyone else that wanted to become a black belt, right? My goodness. And yeah, and so it was really cool. I got a chance to kind of shadow my peers. And I also had to learn how to be a good teacher. So I was a great follower and I also became a great teacher. And then that morphed into my discovering my love for basketball. So after I, after I got my black belt at age 12, my dad said that my brother and I could explore any kind of sport we wanted to do as long as we continued to teach, you know, as a part of the family business. Mm. And so I would continue to teach, but I started to just become obsessed with, with basketball. And I think it was more because it was an outlet to kind of getting out from underneath something that you had to do. Because, you know, yeah. growing up in martial arts, I kind of had to, right? Yeah, yeah. In a rebel. Yeah, right. Mm. So, um, so it, was, it was my outlet, but it, it became such a big part of who I am today. And then that's what's ultimately led me to going to college without any debt. And that got me to uh, discovering sort of my, my next phase of life, which was moving to New York and then eventually playing overseas. And then that's ultimately what led me to kind of doing the training stuff that I do now. So, mm, my goodness, what, what an incredible foundation for a, a youth and before 12, having all of that, you know, that, that discipline and the knowledge of the body and then just being aware of yourself in so many deeper levels. So that's, that's amazing. Indeed. Wow. So, you know, from that point, obviously, now you, you've had an incredible, um, you know, ex expanse of different things that you've done. And I, I hear you know, health coaching, you've had, obviously, you know, I think you've been a, a model. Uh, am I correct? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, why first, <laughs> that's why I first moved to New York, um, because I, I wanted to, when I was graduating from college, mm. I, I realized I had broken my wrist uh, my junior year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was my junior year. I broke my wrist and, you know, it was my right hand, which is my shooting hand and dribbling mm -hmm. hand, whatever. And uh, I literally saw my career flash in front of my eyes. Right. And I was like, okay, well, 
even if I do rehab, which is again, what led me to understanding more about the body and how to rehab and talking to physical therapists and different trainers, uh, you know, back then, I was realizing that, wow, maybe this is another calling for me, another outlet. Things happen for a reason, right? Mm. And um, so when I was kind of thinking before the injury, I was thinking for sure I was going to go to the NBA. I, I just knew I was going to go to the NBA. <laughs> uh, then I break my wrist and I had a few road bumps along the way. I'm like, all right, Josh, let's get a little bit more realistic. Let's have something else planned out for your life. And so that's when I kind of discovered um, that I enjoyed photography mm-hmm. and I took some photography courses as elective courses mm-hmm. in, in college just to finish up my graduation. Mm-hmm. And Every time I would take photos and also have photos taken of me from the different students in class, I realized, you know, this is kind of cool. You know, I just thought maybe one day I could be in a magazine and that would be something I could say to my future kids. Like, hey, here's a picture of your dad in the magazine. <laughs> and I kind of thought like that would be enough. I never really aspired to be a model, I guess. And then when I started to get some interest from some of the different modeling agencies and some magazines, I was like, huh. Maybe there is something. Yeah, okay. So that's what got me to move to New York for a period of time. But cool. the training world and the fitness world is what kept me in New York. Yeah, it's huge. And, and your love of biohacking. So I had a chat with Ingrid um, last week, I think it was, or the week, week before. Um, and I, I see you a few times and you guys just obviously are, are enthralled with all the, the biohacking scene and obviously the health hacking and, as, as am I. Um, so, but first, before we get to that, because there's obviously a big part around that I want to talk to you about, but how did you become, or how did you even start the gym that you've got in New York, as the System Fit? Um, and I know there's some philosophies around that and some you know, pillars that you, 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 so we'll talk around that as well. But how did you get to that point and actually realize, oh my gosh, I want to be, be doing this full time. And then even to, um, you know, the elite and to the stars um, that, you're, that you're training. Well, that's a very good question. And, and yes, you're right. Um, Ingrid is someone that I, when, when, when I met her and talked with her about like all the things she does, I was like, wow, finally someone that I can really relate to. Mm. And she's taught me so many things. And, and I've taught her so many things in a very short period of time. Mm. And it was thanks to Shaker and um, Scott and Ted for mm. sort of helping to make those, those, um, those meetings and those interactions. But um, biohacking to me sort of started from, or I guess, the reason why I wanted to have a studio is because when I got thrust into this celebrity training world, I, I sort of came in with this, this different mode of thinking, right? Because I had that Eastern philosophy and I learned from my parents growing up that like you can do multiple things and be good at multiple things and experience is, is ultimately what dictates how good you are at something I feel. Right. And so um, it's almost like getting a driver's license. You can get your driver's license, take your test. You can, you know, get the, the license. You're good to go. But you don't really start learning until you mm. get on the road. Mm. It's the same thing with like, getting a fitness certification. It's like I didn't start really learning fitness, health and wellness until I started to listen and I started to become more aware and I started to work with different types of clients. And so getting to that celebrity level 
luckily, I would say luckily, I got thrust into it and I was able to handle that very easily because I'm a people person and I, and I learned from a young age how to teach and how to listen, right? And so- It's huge, isn't when it? I, yeah, it's big. Mm-hmm. So when, when I started to realize that like this, listen, this celebrity training world is wonderful, it's great. And I was sort of forced to have to learn one style of training in order to train my first celebrity client. Mm-hmm. And I realized that everyone else around that person wanted to just like, hey, I want to look like her. So I want to <laughs> train like her. And in, my, in the background of my mind, I'm thinking, well, you don't even know how she trains. So how is it like <laughs> I think you're aspiring to go for that look? And, you know, if you want to go for that look, great. But you probably need to have the parents that she has. You probably need to have the lifestyle that she has. You probably need to have the resources that she has in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what started to encourage me, the curious one in me, to say, okay, how can I get people to understand what I'm understanding without infringing upon their, their privacy, mm-hmm. right? How can I work with someone? And I said, okay, maybe I need to open up my own facility mm-hmm. and start to talk more about this. And, and you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this here in a bit, but this is how I ultimately came up with um, the five pillars of optimum health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And it started out with four and then it, you know, developed into five and we could talk about that. But mm-hmm. um, my, my studio in New York, which is obviously shut down right now because of COVID. And, yeah. <laughs> and, but um, it was a manifestation of, of a lot of experience working with many clients, making many, many, many mistakes, but learning from those mistakes. And those mistakes were, were made because I was willing to take risks. And, you know, a lot of people will say, Josh is so lucky because he gets to work with this client. He gets to travel there. But they have no idea the, <laughs> the amount of work. Goes on. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and you have to put that, that, that energy in the universe and you have to actually work for it if that's what you want, you mm-hmm. know, and you might get into this field and realize this thing what you want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But your your grounding, I think, from the early age, like you say, you, you you were able to come back into that and come back into yourself and have that out, that that observance that gave you the, the the outward look at what's going on around you, then to actually make those internal decisions a lot easier because you were given that really good you know foundation. I think mm-hmm. that's super important, isn't it? To be taught that from a young age, because a lot of people don't even realize until they're 40 plus that these sorts of things exist. Right. Yeah. And, and, and try, try changing the foundation, you know, of a person. Yeah. Unlearning. Life, My gosh. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I don't know if you have this expression where you are, but you, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Absolutely. Yeah, we have that. Right? Yeah. And, and so, so it's like, you know, the, the curious one in me, likes to take that as a challenge and I'm like yeah. okay I, I'll teach that dog because I love dogs right and I'll teach that dog new tricks but it doesn't mean that it's that it's easy right no. and maybe it's easier to work with you know a client that has a completely blank slate yeah um, and sometimes you can create that blank slate just by creating a conversation this is why I love health coaching because health coaching simply put is a lot of asking questions and then shutting up mm, listening absolutely Absolutely. You know? So, yeah. Same with, you know, in, in my clinic, it's, it's, I, I love a challenge of creating these new habits for people and um, trying to unlearn or re, re, reteach them. 
but it takes a lot of patience and listening because you have to really dig deep and that's that's the key and I think that's what I love about all what you do in terms of your clients it's a very different approach to what I've seen done before so um, it's in, it's very intriguing um, very very cool thank you for noticing I, I, I love to, to use the phrase patience with patience Mm. Oh, absolutely. So, many, so many play on words there <laughs> <laughs> and I have two kids and I tell you patience is definitely needed <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely so let's dive into these pillars if you don't mind let's talk about these okay good yeah so this is ultimately um, a, a bit of my method I, I, like it's almost like opening up the kimono Speaking of Eastern philosophy, right? <laughs> the kimono, and you, you'll find with me, I use a lot of analogies and I, I love to oh, love try to break things down in ways that we can all sort of digest, pun yeah. intended. Yeah. Um, so with, with the pillars, I, I've always been, especially once I became known as a quote unquote celebrity trainer, mm-hmm. I, I realized early on that, that I would be getting asked questions from different magazine writers and different articles of like, Hey, you know, Josh, well, okay. What are the top three tips for blah? And what are the top 12 tips for blah? And I'm, I started to realize that, wow. Okay. I guess this is what the people want, right? Mm-hmm. This is why people are picking up magazines and why there's a lot of viewership in different shows and things of that nature is people want it simplified. Mm. So I started to kind of write down notes and, and I created a podcast, actually, to, to sort of have an easy resource to give to people because I kept hearing the same questions. But I'm the kind of person that doesn't want to give the same answer because yeah. I realize that we are all unique. Absolutely. We all have that kind of fingerprint of how we receive information and how we perceive a situation. So I said, okay, let me create a podcast because then that'll be easier to kind of say, hey, that's a very good question go listen to podcast episode number 22 mm-hmm. because I addressed all of that. And then if you have any questions from there, then we can discuss. Yeah. And I started to realize that made my situation easier to kind of expand, to go beyond my one or two clients that I worked with. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was a very beautiful thing. But then I was like, okay, if at some point I come out with a book, what would that book look like? You know, like what would it look like to have like, a few things, you know, based on chapters, like what are like four chapters and then, you know, a summary, a middle and an end, you know, I was kind of thinking of this. Right. Mm. And so that's when I came up with my pillars for, for health and wellness. And it started out with four Mm -hmm. and I'll rattle those off, but I used a, a, you can hear the sirens in the background. Yeah. 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 Yeah, This, this is LA. Um, <laughs> it's, I feel like it's actually more prevalent in New York City, but you know, here we are nonetheless. So um, the, I use a descripting term or descriptor term, which is quality. Mm-hmm. And that sort of designates each of the different pillars because the goal would be to optimize and to qualify each of the different pillars, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the f- original four pillars that I used for several years was started off with Uh, quality sleep and recovery because Mm -hmm. at the time I felt like it was the thing that wasn't sexy to talk about right it's like most everyone kind of already knew quote-unquote knew that they needed to be sleeping well and recovering well but 
they're kind of like, hey, let's get to the meat and potatoes of it. Like, you're a fitness trainer, Josh. That's all you are. So what, what exercises can I do to get whatever, right, to, to, to yeah. be fit or whatever? And then I'm like, ah, this is, you know, I, I want to go against that because kind of like teaching a, an old dog new tricks, I'm going to teach you a new trick, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I put that number one. And I thought to myself, okay, this is going to cause people to ask questions because anytime a person asks a question, I treat it as an opportunity to educate. So quality sleep and recovery, that became number one and the most focused thing. And I'm certain that I lost handful of clients because that's all I talked about for a long time was just quality (laughs) sleep and recovery. You know, it's like, if you want to work with Josh, you're going to be talking about sleep. You're going to be talking about all kinds of bed angles and pillows and all sorts of things right <laughs> so mouse typing <laughs> yeah yeah well that, that's actually a very recent thing for me um which i love and we can talk about that for sure mm. um so so it started off with quality sleep and recovery and then i also was really into the uh, the biotech right so the wearable tech mm-hmm. at that time when i created these pillars and so i also wanted people to have a way to track it mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, we could trick ourselves or lie to ourselves and not, you know, be cognizant of, of the actual need for sleep and recovery and just say, check off the box. Yeah, I slept eight hours. Well, that's not good enough because I want to see, are you progressing? Are you getting better? Are you getting worse? Are you staying the same? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So quality sleep and recovery was number one. Number two, so the next kind of most important thing would have been quality consumption. And I always like to choose the word consumption because it signified more than just eating. It also signified drinking. So liquids, foods, but also the energy that we consume around us, right? Which I think is also very important because look, I don't care how well you eat, how well you drink, but if you're in a toxic environment, then it could be just as bad if, or definitely is just as bad, if not worse than what you drink or eat. So quality consumption kind of became another one that was like, oh, well, what do you mean by that? Again, I'm trying to create a conversation, a flow, and I want people to ask me a question so that I can then listen to their, their question and then give a, a, a good response, right? So quality sleep and recovery, one, quality consumption, two, quality activeness was three and you know it's like we we could say movement and activeness or you know we could it would obviously get people to go well what is activeness they automatically think fitness they think crossfit they think go run they think you know whatever and of course that is being active but i lumped that into a separate category Mm. so for me quality activeness means doing all the things that that are required in fact taking away the things to make movement easier for us if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so we've got nowadays we've got people using electric toothbrushes perfectly fine all good but just understand what that is doing that's taking away some kind of movement snack throughout your day Mm -hmm. and it takes away that opportunity for you to maybe use your other hand to see just how different it is right because sometimes we're not forced to do that unless we break our wrist, right? Mm. Which is something that I learned back when, you know, here I am, this hopeful professional basketball player who broke his shooting hand. I'm a shooter. Mm. So what did that force me to do? To become a good shooter with my left hand. So (laughs) now when I play basketball, I can shoot with my left or my right. Um, But that came about 
purely because of the need, right? It's almost like natural selection or survival of the fittest. Sometimes you don't do things until you're forced to do so. And so my hope was like, okay, maybe I could, you know, you working with me as a client would be that forcing of the situation. Maybe I could show you that you need to be doing that. So let's throw away the electric toothbrush and I want you to get a left-handed toothbrush if you're right-handed. Yeah. you know and see how clean you can get your teeth and do that three times a day and see how <laughs> how much better you get right um and and you know so it's little things like that or walking to the store no matter how far away you live think of it at like hunting and gathering and people in new york think we're prone to walking all all the time anyway in new mm. york mm. but when i would say hey you live on a hundredth 110th street and the, the grocery store you want to go to is on 96th Street. Walk to it. Walk. <laughs> and then what do you, well, what about on the way back? You know, I got to carry all these groceries. Well, what do you think our ancestors did, right? And then this is almost like truly hunting, gathering, and then cooking your, 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 your win, right? Like the win for the day. Um, and I just kind of think this is like a fun way to get people to engage with that quality activeness component. Because you can mm. almost gamify it and allow it to be a challenge and allow it to be truly helpful from a play perspective, but also from a, um, just from a true health perspective. So, so that was uh, number three. And then the fourth one would be quality exercise. Mm -hmm. And I would lump that one into that last category just to get people to ask the question, well, why do you put that last? Mm -hmm. I put it last because if you're doing steps one, two, and three very well, then step four, the quality exercise, should purely be fun and do it when you feel the need to do it or you have the time to do it. Mm -hmm. If you're doing all those other three steps very well, then you can work exercise once a week if you want, right? And I would never say, because people go, once a week? Like, that's mm -hmm. what I used to do back then. Yeah. I used to exercise once a week, mm -hmm. and I would say, yeah. You know, I would go for a sprint, and I would do a high-intensity interval training once a week, and I was able to maintain a good physique and, and a good level of fitness working out once a week. Yeah. And then they would come back and say to me, oh, but I saw, you, um, I saw you going for a walk the other day and I saw you carrying bags. And I'm like, yeah, I was being active, but I don't treat that as exercise. Mm. I treat exercise as a moment to kind of to, you know, to be in a certain time with a certain reps and, and circuits. But uh, activeness, we can do far longer than we can ever do exercise. Absolutely. So, so those were the four pillars. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I would say about a year or two ago that I was like, there was always something missing. I always felt like four just wasn't quite enough. And I'm thinking, okay, what would be more profound than sleep and recovery? What would be more profound than consumption? What, be, what would be more profound than activeness and exercise? And I thought, aha, awareness. Mm. quality awareness became the fifth pillar, but it went all the way up to the top. Yeah. So it now is number one mm. because number one, quality awareness is something that helps each of those steps. It really helps each of those steps. In fact, to be aware would allow you to understand that you need to sleep better. You need to do something about your recovery. To be aware will tell you that you need to actually fast today because you're not really that hungry. You're just, it's out of habit, right? To be aware that you, you know, you, you, your back is tight because you sit too long. It, it's all of these things that awareness kind of becomes the number one. So 
that's the wow. pillars. That's incredible. Um, yeah, Josh, like everything you're saying, I'm like, oh, yes, yes, yes. In, in my clinic, you know, like I, I, I created this podcast and I said to this off air as well. Um, for the reason to, to, to get my clients and my students a little bit more information out there and, and to, for the same reason, is to, like, oh, you've got a question on this. I don't really have enough time this half an hour to an hour. Like, go out and listen to this one because that's going to give you more info. I created a course because of that as well, a base health course. And my number one is that awareness. So why, what, when, you know, why are you doing it? How are you going to do it? And setting those goals and the awareness of the body is huge for people because a lot of people like you and me, we, we have been doing this for a long time. We know, we know what our body feels like and we clock in very, very regularly. Whereas a lot of people don't. So mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love your, I love all of your pillars. They're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and and, and sleep, by the way, you know, crazy. I- I'm happy that you're, you're saying that because it just validates what it is that, you know, you're, you're halfway across the world mm. yet we both have come to this realization and, and it's not just you and me, right? It's no. there's many people out there with this yeah. realization and it's just trying to find a way back to the, the, the self, right? Cause at yeah. the end of the day, we are one and we're on this oh, planet, you know, absolutely. we're in this universe together. It's a unified field. And so no matter how deep you want to go in that, in that conversation it's at the end of the day mm. this is what some of the 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 talk about psychedelics the reason why it keeps coming back into the conversation because it's sort of unveiling the other the other side right Absolutely. it's unveiling something deeper yeah. and so to become aware i also i also lump meditation into that pillar mm. because that's the one thing that enabled me to understand that I need to be aware of that. Right. And so absolutely. Awareness can be all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And with your activeness, I really love the fact that you're an elite, you know, you're you're an elite fitness trainer, yet your exercise. And I was going to talk to you about this in a minute about the myths of fitness. Yeah. And movement, but um, the activeness, um, micro movements and incidental exercise are my terms that I use with my clients. Because a lot of my clients will say, I just can't get movement in. Or a lot of my female clients will be getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning and wondering why they've plateaued and running themselves into the ground and then having to, you know, not sleep at night. I'm like, no, you've got to stop exercising. You've just got to do incidental movements. This increases your hydration. These micro movements are your cells moving. Like you've just got to move, 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 but just easy movements. So, mm. I, I, oh my gosh, like everything you were saying, I was like, yes, 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 this is fantastic. I love it. I love, well, I, I think that's very important um, w- that, that you say that because imagine a fitness trainer telling someone to not work out. <laughs> Absolutely. I right? know. Yeah. And, and that is, fortunately, I, I am truly blessed in my career and to be able to turn down clients but I've literally said to clients many time and time again, um, hey, I may not be the right trainer for you because mm-hmm. you keep coming in. I can see that you're stressed. This mm-hmm. is my, my job to be able to observe someone. And I'm observing that you are on the brink of adrenaline fatigue. How do you know this? And what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Again, a question is an opportunity to educate, right? So, Absolutely. hey, why don't you get one of these? Why don't you get one of these aura rings or let's track your HRV. What is HRV? Another opportunity to educate. <laughs> and they're like, oh, wow. Now I have this sort of 
um, without physically being there, they know now that this week or each day they're going to have to send me their, their results of their sleep. And I used, to, I used to say, hey, send me your results, your sleep results or your HRV results when you come in and that'll determine what we do today. Mm. And now you get clients because they want to work out, right? Because <laughs> they're spending their money. So they want to come to the gym and work out. And I'll be like, hey, I'm here to work out if you want. Or how about we go and do a new calm session because you didn't sleep like at all last night. You know, yeah. you got three hours of sleep probably because you had three glasses of wine and that disrupted your, your REM uh, or your deep sleep. Right. And so uh, we're going to allow you to catch up on that. Mm-hmm. And so now they're like, well, what is that? You know? And so, so this is a way, this is the reason why I created the, the pillars is because there's so many intertwining ways to, to get to, ultimately happiness optimize wellness yeah yeah absolutely so with your obviously i wanted to talk about all the um the things that you're using in, in your gym or when your when your gym is open um so you know the bfr the cryo the hit um even you know grounding that your your big belief is in and some of those other equipments that you're using in your your gym but also the the myths so the major myths around fitness and i know we've already covered you know working out too often would probably be one of mine but Mm. in your perspective what are those that you see that come up how much time do we have (laughs) (laughs) there's so many and it's it's funny but um but it's not funny because it doesn't really have to be like that. And, and so I'll just, I'll reiterate what I mentioned before and then I'll yeah. rattle off a few other um, myths that I, that I hear a lot. But if you're doing all of these pillars well, yeah. then when you get to the, the need, the need or the desire to exercise, then it, that should be the easiest part. It should not be forced. Um, so for instance, I hear that, well, as a trainer, how often do people normally exercise? Yeah. Wow. One Every hour. day? Well, one right. hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hour. Right. And like what one hour is like the standard, right? Yeah, yeah. Even up to Why? two hours. Like two right. hours I, I hear all the time. It it's to me it's so interesting that we choose someone somewhere somehow said, Hey, one hour is the the standard for the business of fitness. Mm. Right? And, and I think maybe it's because lunch breaks are one hour typically, right? Or in 15 minute increments. But again, going back to me always wanting to see things as a challenge, I used to throw people off for like, you know, all right, we're going to do this next exercise for 53 seconds. Can you imagine <laughs> what that does to the mind of a, of a client? Mm, like what? Not a minute? Like why? <laughs> but like, well, can, you know, or I, I, I used to love the client. And, and I, I, this is how I have fun with my sessions, right? Otherwise, yeah. it becomes very mundane and monotonous. But if I know that I have a type A personality in front of me mm-hmm. who is like, okay, so uh, what, what are we doing today? Well, we're going to move, okay? You ready? They're like, no, 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 no. But like, what are we going to start <laughs> with? Give me the well, now. How many right. minutes? <laughs> and, then, and then some clients will be like, okay, well, how many reps are we doing? Um, we're going to do 17 reps. What? 17 <laughs> reps? Why not 15? Why not 20? So anyway, <laughs> I could go down a hole with that. It's all right. unlearning, yeah. Unlearning, absolutely. Yeah. So one myth is that exercise has to be a certain amount of time for it to, to garnish good, a good benefit. Mm. 
that's totally false. Um, and you mentioned BFR. We can get we can get into this as well. But BFR is one of those things that kind of uh, throws that out the water, right? Just kind of debunks that myth because, um, like for instance, with a Katsu device. Um, I'm not familiar. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but um, it's you know the BFR bands that inflate and deflate. Um, you're not supposed to do more than 15 minutes of training mode on the arms and no more than 20 minutes of training mode on the legs. So mm-hmm. if you are to do arms and then legs on the same in the same one session, you know you're talking about 35 minutes. So okay, that's if you're going to the top end. Mm. A lot of people can't even do that, but I I want people to understand that there is no certain amount of time and more is not always better. Mm -hmm. So it's when it comes back to the pillars again, you want to have quality exercise. And what does that mean? Sometimes quality exercise is literally just going for a walk, Mm. going for a walk, maybe uphill, learning how to breathe through your nose the entire time. Yes. Yes. That's that that's so, so that's one myth. Um, Another myth is that uh, lifting weights will make you bulky. Mm-hmm. I hear this all the time. It's I so hear unfortunate. that say, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so unfortunate. Um, in fact, just before we got on this call, I was speaking mm-hmm. to one of my colleagues and um, I love to work with uh, my trainers, especially right now during the quarantine because, um, or the pandemic, self-isolation, whatever you want to call it, um, because I, I want to always give them hope and you know i know they see me as sort of the boss and as the celebrity trainer but i'm i'm the one that's always encouraging them i was helping my, my buddy germany through um his his new logo and we mm-hmm. were talking about um his training styles and doing all these things right um but it basically i was also saying to him because he's a male and he's very ripped and he's very fit mm potentially he has to be very careful in how he promotes himself because you don't want to miss out. If your goal is to help as many people as you can, mm-hmm. you don't want to miss out on 50% of the people who don't want to look like you and don't want to train like you and think that that's all you do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I'm sure once he hears this podcast, he's going to be like smiling ear to ear because this <laughs> is something that I'm sure that he's heard me say to him so many times over the years that I've known him. But, um, I just want people right now to understand that that is a myth. You, you have to work really hard, really hard to, to get bulky. And, you know, one set of bicep curls or one set of pull-ups is not going to make your arms big, period. No, no way, no way. Period. I so, totally agree with you. And with women too, because that's a real myth around particularly women, because the women are like, no, I don't want to get bulky. Oh, no, I'm not lifting weights. Oh, I lift right. weights. I'm definitely not bulky, you know, so it's, right. it's something that not everyone will, will get. And yeah, I agree. You have to work hard for it for sure. And, and, and counter to you like lifting weights and not being bulky, I don't lift weights and I there am you bulky. Oh, there right? you go. There so, you go. But it's, it's how I do it and what I do. Right. And so I go through phases. Like when I was modeling, <laughs> it was all about being as thin as you could be. Mm. and that was so it it caused me to learn more about nutrition it caused me to learn you know fortunately throughout my um college years and 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 even a little bit after college I was working part-time at GNC in Oklahoma where I'm Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. and um 
and that's general general nutrition center i don't know if you have that in in australia but um, i think so i don't think so it, it was it was a big sort of it was like the 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 walmart or the the target of fitness or health supplements you know mm. it was like the place you would go for the creatine or for the protein or whatever and so i worked as a as a salesperson at at that store for for about six years mm. part-time and um you know i would always hear people you know talking about oh this magazine says i need to have this in order to get like that and i'm like no that person first of all like they have worked day in and day out they have spent their entire life dedicated to lifting weights that's why they're that big Mm. I promise you, they do more than just a set of curls. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I, I mean, there's so many myths. I'm sure we yeah. could go on and on, if, and you could feel free to throw some out if you want. But there's so many. Yeah, I think that's pretty pretty common ones though. And and what I I think everyone needs to hear those sorts of things because um, it, we're so still uh, like one track minded when it comes to fitness, and we need to open that up a little bit. As with health and wellness, and I think the whole of the world at the moment, it just needs to be looked at from a different perspective because there's so much more to it than what we see. I have another one that I, that I would love to throw in if you don't yeah, mind yeah. Um, that just came to my mind. Uh, I yeah. was, and this is a, it's almost like a pet peeve of mine. Um, <laughs> uh, when a person comes to me and says, okay, what, what are we doing? And I say like their programming could be, okay, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, maybe go for a run. Oh no, I can't run. Running hurts my knees. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, for me, I treat that as a myth because improper running hurts your knees, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. Just like, uh, you know, to, to hear someone say fat makes you fat. Well, no, bad fat makes you fat. Mm -hmm. In fact, even healthy fats with too much sugar makes you fat, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So let, let's get to the root cause of it. And so if running hurts your knees, let's figure out then why something you were born to do, mm -hmm. right, a capability within you, why that might be hurting your knees. Let's take off your shoes. Let's see how you, let's see how you balance on one foot. Let's see how you now load that one foot because running is a series of one foot hops, right? So can you hop in place on two feet? Sure, and you, most people can do it and most people will never strike their heels first when they bounce in place on two feet. Mm -hmm. No one on the planet has ever done that, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I say to a person, okay, just hop on your feet up and down really quickly. So they hop, 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 hop. Okay. Um, I want to see what your feet are doing. So take off your shoes and socks, right? Mm -hmm. So then they take off their shoes and socks and they're hopping up and down. And you see the most beautiful arches. You see the most beautiful spring loading. You see the most beautiful bend in the legs and the hips and everything working the way it's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. and then I have them do it in a proper rhythm. And then I assess their, their, their posture and everything looks great. And then I say, okay. Now I want you to keep that rhythm, keep that posture. And now I want you to go single foot. And so they go single foot and that's when things start to get highlighted. Uh-oh. Mm. Now you've got to learn how to shift at the ankle. You now have to load two times your body weight, sometimes three times your body weight on one foot. So now the structures of the feet, the ankle, the knees, the hips are all highlighted. Okay. Now, if you can continue doing that, great. Let's do the other side. Let's make sure you're symmetrical. Mm. If you can do that, great. Now let's keep that rhythm. Let's go one foot, other foot, one foot, other foot, alternate. 
now you're running in place. Now, all you do is just propel at the hips, slightly lean forward at the hips, and now you're running. But for some reason, when you tell somebody to just go run instead of having them hop first, they do something that looks totally different than hopping in place, mm. right? So it's bad habits, right? Mm. So if hopping in place on one foot hurts your knees or your ankles, now you've got something else because you're not actually running. Running didn't hurt your knees. It's improper movement hurt your knees. So now let's fix that. So yeah. anyway, I hope, I hope that helps to kind of, that's um, incredible. I love it. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe some people will listen at this and go, wait, so this is what it's like to, to oh, work with this guy. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, about 10 years ago, I read Born to Run and it changed, it changed my mind, <laughs> completely changed my perspective on running. I loved running before that. And then I went out and bought myself some of the, the, the not Vibro Barefoot, the Five Fingers. Have you heard of the Five Fingers? Vibrams. The Vibrams, Vibrams yeah. The Vibrams. So yeah. I went out and bought a couple of Vibrams and my calves didn't like me for it for a couple of months. But oh my gosh, it can change. It changed my running style completely. That happened to so many people. In fact, <laughs> you probably heard this. Um, the there was a lawsuit from a yeah. lady that I think Ooh. there was uh, maybe two lawsuits, but they ultimately ended up losing. Uh, Vibrams was the was the only one, but Vivo Barefoot and a few of the other companies also caught the heat from it because when you hear that there was a lawsuit because someone actually did get injured doing mm -hmm. it, then it was like, wait a minute. Is there something wrong with the other shoes, shoe companies? And ultimately what it was, was just improper education around the idea of it. Right. And so people were reading the book and cause I, I trained with Lee Saxby, who's one of the people who, who trained uh, um, Christopher McDougall mm. who wrote Born to yeah. Run. Right. And yeah, so yeah. I went through that same training. Mm. And during that time, I remember that there was this big push for making sure that everyone understood that you have to ease into barefoot running. Because yeah, yeah. the Taramahara, the, the people in Mexico and in that mm -hmm. region, they were born doing that style of yeah. running. Literally right? born, yeah, to run. Right? <laughs> and, and so they didn't, have, they didn't sit in desks. They didn't wear these thick shotted shoes. So their structures were ready and prepared for it. Mm. And then we Westerners and modernized people, we took that book, we read it, and we go, ooh, I want to get some of the, you know, the, the Taramahara shoes and the sandals and, 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 and you know, take the worn down tires and strap them to my feet and then go run without the proper training right and, you know and listen i did it i did the same thing oh, me too i, I, I had I blisters all over my feet and i was like you know stupid yeah. <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> i'm lucky that i didn't i didn't you know tear my achilles you know yeah. because yeah. i went out sprinting like i was a madman <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah this is it this is the way to do it Woo. <laughs> yeah. yeah so oh, love that oh, all right so um after all those myths let's talk about a little bit more about what you're doing and, and, and your favorite kind of fitness and biohacking um techniques therapies all that sort of stuff so we've got well there's probably a lot but maybe maybe ones that you've um really become a favorite and a part of your routine and your clients routines Okay, yeah, let, let, we can talk about my, the most utilized ones now. Yeah, yeah. Because right now I am sort of on the move despite this lockdown situation. Mm -hmm. I'm on the move quite a bit. So I have to kind of decide what's the most important staples for me. Yeah. And uh, I can maybe give you a few examples in each of the pillars and kind of quickly rattle through those so you, to mm -hmm. give you an idea of what are the staples, right? So, um, you know, for the awareness piece, the quality awareness, like, I 
I definitely have tools to track my, my health, mm-hmm. things like the Aura Ring, um, my Garmin Phoenix, the 5X Plus. Um, these are tools that allow me to, to, to track my HRV and things like that, which would also fall into the quality sleep and recovery. But um, as far as the awareness and the meditation piece goes, I use the Muse. Um, mm. Muse Muse or the, just the Muse headband. Um, I also use New Calm. Mm-hmm. And that can be used for meditation and or sleep and recovery. Um, let me think. What else? Um, oh, and breath work. I, I, I lump breath work, the awareness of breath. Mm-hmm. It, it can also, like, obviously, the aware, quality awareness and quality sleep and recovery intertwine a lot. Mm. Uh, so, um, so then moving on to sleep and recovery, I, I really love, uh, right now, using sleep tape. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting that I've probably known this for all my life, but you know, this idea of having dry mouth, Mm -hmm. like I know many of the people listening to this right now probably wake up every morning with dry mouth and you know, maybe they snore, maybe they don't snore, but chances are their mouth breathing at some point throughout the night. Mm. And the simple idea of just putting a piece of tape either vertically or horizontally or in an x shape across your mouth just enough to encourage you to breathe through your nose can be transformative for your sleep for your recovery for your entire life Huge. it's powerful i mention it to my clients and they literally go uh excuse me what did you say and i was like mm-hmm yeah can you please take your mouth like oh uh, what <laughs> they do not believe me but kids right. we get kids to do it and they don't have to have surgeries for the polyps in their noses and their adenoids. It's incredible that nitric oxide and the increased room in your, in your nasal cavity. Yep. Incredible. So yeah, yeah, it's huge. I totally agree it's, with you. It's a big one. Um, so in, in terms of quality sleep and recovery pillar, so that's a good one. The other one is um, making sure that you have a good sleep environment. So I make sure to, to have it nice and dark. I use the, um, the rim i think it's called sleep sleep remedy remedy yeah sleep remedy mm-hmm. mask and rim rem you know rapid eye movement which is mm-hmm. kind of a play on words it's cool yeah. <laughs> um sleep remedy um so it's it's really cool because the the sleep mask it's almost like headphone uh cushions earphone cushions mm-hmm. around your eyes so you can blink inside but it's completely dark and it's padding right around the outside of your, of your eye, the mm-hmm. eye socket. So it doesn't put undue pressure onto the eyes, but it's enough to kind of relax your, your face by putting that pressure there and you just mm-hmm. velcro to the back. So I use that with sleep mm-hmm. tape. With these, <laughs> like anybody that's ever seen me sleep, they're like, dude, you are on another. Like what? <laughs> so I've, I've got, I've got these, these sleep masks on. It looked like earphones on my eyes. I've got tape on my mouth and I've got these, these little small uh, ear, they're like earbuds, but they just go in, inside my ears. I don't turn it on. Mm. Uh, they're just there just to muffle sound, mm. just enough for me to, to not hear any, any unusual sounds, but enough to, to where I could hear something if, it was, if there was danger, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last but not least that I make sure and have with me at all times is some form of binaural frequency music or beats mm-hmm. um and so i play that and that's kind of my sleep and recovery hack if you will 
um, so there's a, there's a lot in there. Yeah, um, yeah. As, as far as the consumption, I have loads of supplements. Not that I think supplements um, fix everything, but with our modern diets and uh, the soil depletion that happens throughout the world, um, I feel that we really must, we, well, first we need to track and understand what's going on in our biology, but um, it's almost impossible to get all that you need in your macronutrients, micronutrients, your um, minerals and vitamins with the modern diet. It's, I just don't think we have enough variety in our diets to get all that we need. So I personally travel with loads of different types of supplements. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's a whole episode on, on its own, but. Let's <laughs> have you back on to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, supplements, um, consumption. Um, oh yeah, we talked about energy consumption. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. So because we can't do much with the non-native EMFs that's happening all around us. Um, I usually travel with and have on my person at all times some form of EMF um, mitigation device. Um, not something that blocks EMF because that would be, that would also block the, potentially block the beneficial EMFs that come from the, the earth's core and things of that nature, mm. right? So I don't wanna walk around in a Faraday cage, but I do want to allow my cells to, to do better, to mm -hmm. become more resilient to non-native mm -hmm. EMFs. And so I use a product called Blue Shield. Mm -hmm. And it's this little little device that is like every 30 seconds it gives a, a little um a scrambles of frequency and it looks like a little like I don't know like a business card like a thick business right. card. Yeah. And at moments you'll see it kind of blinking and what that's doing is mitigating any kind of or scrambling the different frequencies around me mm -hmm. so that my body yeah you see it going off there mm -hmm. yeah so um so that's in my pocket as we speak and you know with all the stuff that's around me i want to make sure that my cells are resilient and then other people say well well what if i don't have that or what if i can't get that there's other ways to mitigate the the the, the damage of non-native emfs but this for me just makes it a little bit easier so i don't have to think about it because mm -hmm. i try to i try not to use up my willpower and my mental energy on things like that things that we cannot control anyway right yeah. so yeah. let's just have that happening and now i have more capacity to understand what else is going on around me to become yeah. more aware absolutely right? i'm so glad you said that because it needs to be told and people mm. need to be aware that 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 we have options to help but also we can't stress too much about it but there's also it, it's going on and it's getting increased so we need to know about it too right yeah yeah um, and then next would have been aware, um, quality activeness. So in the activeness component, something that I always have with me all the time is uh, some form of grounding. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm always in some form of barefoot shoes and toe socks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like for me, I, I'm all, you can almost always catch me in some sort of flip flop or completely barefoot. Mm -hmm. or something that allows me to make sure that the proprioceptive nerves, the sensors in the bottom of our feet are always being activated because mm -hmm. those are the ones that dictate our movement. Those are the ones that dictate that, that millisecond of movement that gets us out of harm. For instance, I always bring up the question of, can you think of yourself or anyone you know that's ever rolled their ankle, sprained their ankle while being barefoot? 
Chances are no. Yeah. Why is that? It's really profound if you really deeply think about that. The, that fraction of a second that it takes for the synaptic firing to go from the proprioceptive fibers in the bottom of your feet to the brain and then back through the body to make a movement mm. is so fast. Yeah. But every layer of cushion, whether it be socks or even, you know, something like a shoe sole or whatever, anything like that just slows down that signal just a little bit, just enough for us to fully roll the ankle or tear an ACL or damage a hip. And this is why I do that. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, I know they're not the, the most beautiful things that have toe socks, but when I take off my shoes and you see I have toe socks on, it's going to cause you to do what? Why do you wear those? <laughs> Opportunity to educate. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if nothing else, I like to have a lot of weird stuff. So people ask me questions, but me um, too. I love shocking the pants <laughs> off people. It was like, oh my gosh, what do you got now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ask me questions. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then um, in, in exercise, a quality exercise tools that I always travel with right now, um, I would definitely say I travel with my Katsu device, the, the BFR. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have those for the arms and legs. Um, I always travel with some type of electrical muscle stimulation device, whether mm -hmm. that's like a Mark Pro, a Compex, Power Dot, any of those. Um, and I'm lately, I'm loving the um, the inertia wave, which is kind of like kind of like a battle rope, but it's like resistance bands in mm -hmm. in the form of a battle rope. If that makes sense. Very cool. Um, those are really cool. And then if I have enough space, I'll also include um, the X3 bar, which okay. is what I will use to, to do sort of like the heavy lifting stuff with, with resistance bands. So mm, very yeah, cool. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> wow. You did so well. That was, <laughs> that was amazing. Now, before we run out of time, I just want to cover a few more things. So number one would be what, what's the most challenging part of what you do? the ch most challenging component of what I do. Yeah. So as in training, even training high profile clients or clients, um, okay. you know, or, or just, just any part of what you're, you're entailing of what you're doing in terms of even education. Um, okay. I, I, I think one of the mo most challenging things is, is trying to teach patients mm. amongst my patients, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to teach patience to those people who maybe have been in pain for so long that they just can't be patient. They feel like they can't be patient. Um, and, and, you know, not allowing 21 days for the, the effects of gluten to, 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 to set in or um, not allowing, you know, six days for test results to come in, you know, with taking out meat or, or bad meat, right? Or, mm -hmm. you know, different things, right? Like, I feel like we're in this world of, of instant gratification. And so that's one of my big challenges, especially amongst the high profile clientele that I work with. Yeah. Because they're used to getting everything they want instantly. right now. Yeah. Instantly, right? So that's a big hiccup for me. Um, <clears throat> another one I would say is, well, I, I find it to be challenging when, when people feel like 
they know it all and they are unwilling to bend the results. They're unwilling to sort of, to do some form of trial and error and in, in things that they, so I don't know, I guess the best example I could give is if, if I see that a person is just really, really pushing it too much with alcohol, I may say, okay, let's go out, let's go away with alcohol for the next seven days. And I want you to try to go to bed earlier. They immediately are like, well, no, I can't go to bed early because this is when I get the most of my work or be, you know, I have clients that they have to see me. Like I have to go out with clients because it's part of my work. Mm. And that's, I can't, my hands are tied. <laughs> I, I can help you make that situation better. I could try to go down the path of saying, well, instead of having a drink, because that's very problematic for your cells, it's literally poison, poison to our body. And maybe there's a small hormetic effect against that bit of alcohol, but like, why go there when we could, when we could maybe just have sparkling water, it looks like a, a you know, an alcoholic beverage. And now you're going to be more clear minded and you're going to probably do even better with that meeting, right? Like mm -hmm. why does your having to drink cause you to be better with the person across from you? Like I don't, to me, I just don't understand that. So that's a hard one to deal with. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. I find that a lot of high performing and high functioning, high profile clientele, they feel like they have to push the limits all the time on everything. Yeah. And I just wish they would use that same energy and focus on sleeping. Yeah. True. But True. you know, that's, that's, that's a big, it's a big hang up for me. Yeah. 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 Very, very well answered. And that sort of leads me into my next question was, um, you know, it fascinates me that you do see some of these high profile clients. Um, and so I guess that you've already answered that question is what, what is it like training these high profile people? Um, and you know, if you are, if you can mention names, if you can't, that's all good. Um, and then, and then sort of what are they taught you the most as well? So, you know, what, what it's like, is it different to, um, you know, other, I hate to say regular, you know, clients, mm -hmm, right. um, obviously your, your attention is different to both of those, um, I would say. So, you know, what, what, what does that look like? Yeah. When, when it comes to working with high profile clients, you know, I've, I've, I've I think like in my, my website, and if you do a Google search on me, like there's the names of people like Madonna and Roger Waters of Pink Floyd and um, Oscar Isaac and Gigi Hadid and, and so many others. Um, the only thing that sort of separates them from people like myself, right? Like the, mm. the regular everyday people who, who do normal things for a living um, <laughs> is, is that they have maybe more resources, more access to a lot doesn't necessarily make it better. It could be, it can make them even more misinformed. It can mm -hmm. make them even more like freaked out about like, Oh, I have all this at my disposal, but I'm still X, right. I'm still injured or I'm still unable to sleep or I'm still blah. So um, for me, like that's probably the downside to it. But the upside is, is because I'm a person that loves a challenge and because I'm so curious, I like to find ways to make some sort of influence. And, you know, I've learned so much with working with people like Madonna, like, like Madonna is one of those clients that has literally instilled this, this, this idea of, I know she's going to ask me why. So I need to know why it is I'm saying whatever it is I'm saying to her mm -hmm. or whatever it is I'm doing to her she's going to ask 
Why? Mm. And even if she doesn't, I know that I need to be prepared in case she does. Yeah. And, and so that was one of the huge lessons I learned from working with her. Um, Roger Waters, on the other hand, is, is someone that is, I think he's about to be 77 years old. Wow. And he is one of the most uh, active and go-getting, hard-charging people when it comes to uh, a structure. Mm -hmm. So if I say to him, hey, I want you to do, you know, eat like this. I want you to do, the, this is the kind of workouts we're going to do. And I want you to do these movements when I don't see you. This guy will do it until I tell him not to. <laughs> I could go months later and ask him, check in. Hey, man, how's it going? How's everything going? Oh, I'm still doing the 100 squats every other day. I'll be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Actually, we're supposed to from that, you know? And he's like, well, you didn't tell me, so I've been doing it still. Um, that I love. He's almost like the perfect, the perfect student. But again, you know, because of his lifestyle, there's also some of the, the harder things to get him to change, right? Um, but it's like learning to kind of work with someone like a Madonna to then someone like a Roger Waters to then maybe even like a young client, younger client, someone closer to my age, like an Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Um, he and I are so much buddy, buddy. We're like brothers. It's like one of my best friends. So it's, it has its own set of challenges as well. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, dude, should we just skip the workout and go watch a movie or should we just, <laughs> let's, let's go, uh, let's go play ping pong or, you know, or something like that. Right. And so I have to also deal with that. Each of, each of the clients have their own little um, challenges, but I kind of treat it as fun. I love what it is that I do. And um, yeah, I think it, the mantra I live by is our bodies and minds adapt to what we do most of the time. If you want to change your body and mind, you must change what it is you do most of the time. So truly living by that is something that I try to instill to everyone I work with. Mm -hmm. And even for myself, it's a, it's a mantra I created, but it's also something I, lo I love to give. Mm -hmm. And the, the big thing in the middle of all that is if, the keyword if, it almost needs to be capitalized. If you want to change your body and mind, that's where the awareness comes in. So you might be happy with what you're, what you're doing and how you look and how you feel. If you're happy with it, cool, let's have fun. If you want to change, then let's, let's, let's go. Mm, that's the key, isn't it? Yeah, you mm -hmm. have to need it and you have to want it. Yeah. yeah. Wow, Josh, this has been incredible. Now, I think you've already answered my last question, or one, my second last question, should I say. Um, and, but, I, but I still want to ask it. So what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? And what, what, what sort of, you know, excites you? you know, everyone has their things that they really love to do. Uh, what, what gets you up in the morning? I, I honestly wake up every morning without an alarm, so no alarm. Um, I love waking up. First of all, I know that I'm going to wake up before anything I need to do simply because I'm going to go to bed at an hour that allows me to do so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I have an alarm as a backup, but I, I almost never need to use it. Mm -hmm. um, but waking up knowing that I have something to contribute to loads of people who, de who depend on me, mm -hmm. whether it be my colleagues, the trainers that work for me, whether it be my family, my loved ones, my friends, I know I have something to contribute. And so 
it's almost like I need to wake up so I can be prepared. I can prepare myself to be that giver and be that sharer. And um, it, it's truly, I, this was a transformative message for me to receive once I kind of learned that this is my passion and my purpose. And I, I truly feel sorry for people um, who don't know what their purpose and passion is. But I say, once you find it, don't lose it. Hold on to it and dive as deep as you can. Become vulnerable and, and just give it your all. Regardless of what people think of you or say of you, have integrity, do it to the fullest and, you know, and, and leave a mark on this world leave your legacy. Mm. So that's, that's what I, why I do what I do. And I truly love getting feedback. And even if I don't get feedback um, to just wake up knowing that I have something to give and that people, there's some audience willing to receive it. That's what gets me up. Wow. Josh, you're, you're incredible. Um, it's been such an enlightening experience just talking to you. I'm, I'm so honored to be able to have this connection and to actually have this time with you this podcast i want to shout to the top of the roof because it's got, we've got so much gold in here that that would be um you know everyone should be hearing and sharing so thank you i, I from the bottom of my heart i really really thank you for, for your time today Likewise. now where can we find you tell everyone where to find you find find information about you and, and follow you and all those sorts of things yeah, so I, I'm fortunate enough to have uh, the same sort of uh, tag or username for all of the social media outlets. Cool. So it's at Joshua J. Holland. So that's Joshua, J-O-S-H-U-A, J. Holland, H-O-L-L-A-N-D. So all one word, Joshua J. Holland, and that's my website. That's Instagram, Facebook. Um, it's all there. And um I also have a podcast as well. Yes, and, I was going to uh, mention that. Yeah, maybe we can get you on mine at some point. <laughs> Ooh. Um, yeah, uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm really having a good time. Like, as you mentioned the things that you mentioned, I'm like, mm, I can't wait to, to, to talk to you about the things you do. Um, <laughs> uh, my podcast is called Simply Walk the Talk, and that can be found on pretty much any podcast platform. And that podcast caters to all things health wellness fitness lifestyle and biohacking so some of the things we talked about have been laid out in great detail in in several of the episodes and i've been doing that for about three years now and i've just had a blast as i showed you right before we started recording today i just got a new setup and i'm so geeked out because i <laughs> I, I i spend money on the things that i'm sharing right and yeah. so you know, th this is where my money goes. It goes to like upgrading my, my kit. <laughs> <laughs> Me so, too. It goes on looking after my body, my family and to help other people. Yeah. It's, that's, that's the passion. That's where it drives into. I love the name of your podcast and simply walk the talk. It grabbed me straight away. I was like, yes, this is so true. You. I love it. Thank you. So I won't take up any more of your time. Thank you, Josh. Um, look forward to speaking to you in the future sometime if I make it to the US as well. We might be able to meet up in person sometime in the future. Yes. So thank you so much. Yes, I would love that. And thank you all for listening. Oh, pleasure. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revital Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Revital Health as well as our website, revitalhealth.com.au, for upcoming podcasts, workshops, and speaking events. 
find out about specials happening in the clinic and all the show notes and links mentioned in the podcast. Please remember that this information discussed here is general information and it is not intended to diagnose or treat individuals. Please speak to your healthcare professional before embarking on any new treatments, lifestyle changes, medicines or supplementation to assess your suitability. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon. 